It's his second time through and he hasn't even taken a hit yet. He's a wizard. Do you realize how many outside systems I've gone into? How many programs I've appropriated? You were recruited by the Starling to defend... To defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. I love the power glove. It's so bad. Just keep your power gloves off her, pal, huh? Damage report! Guidance system out. Auxiliary steering out. Divert! She won't answer the helm. What do we do? We die. You're listening to the game. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> You're listening to the Gamers Must Die podcast. I'm your host Ben Malahan here with Alex Moreau and Jared Riley. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Good to be back. Um, anything to talk about off the top of the show? What's been going on with you guys? School. School? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to talk about my personal life, which is essentially non-existent. Okay. <laughs> well, it's not really different. Jared. Jared. I don't know, my whole family's dead now, but you know, it's no big deal. So like, what's, whatever, week. that's just like side news. Right. But um, I've just been playing a lot of Star Wars Old Republic. Yeah. Same. They Same broke man. into your bedroom. They're like, Jared, your whole family is dead. You're like, guys, playing Old Republic right now. <laughs> Have some decency. Yeah, no kidding. I'm in one of those gaming funks where I just cannot like start a game. Like I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not in a place where I can start a game where I'm not really like, dying to play a game right now i'm in a gaming hell where i really want to start a million games but i'm still stuck on my same fucking pokemon nuzlocke file oh well why don't you just because you beat that game before put it down and then <laughs> i know i haven't beat this specific game and i'm really determined to beat it now like too many pokemon have died for my sake for me to just drop the file right here i think the death toll is up to like 15 right now yeah. and i just lost my level 32 Grimer to the fifth gym leader, so shit is real. That sounds pretty real. It's real. It's very um emotionally taxing. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what I say about Grimers? They're just born to die. Oh, yeah. is that what you say about Grimers? All That's the time. a really specific thing to yeah. say. I've been saying that for years. For years. It's like in his yearbook, <laughs> in his quote. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So basically, I. Um, I think the last big game that I played was Xenoblade Chronicles, and it just kind of... It was like early summer, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been since then. Yeah, since I've really played it, sat down and really played a game, yeah. Dry spell. Big dry spell. But um, And I've, those games I want to play intellectually, I, I want you know play them, but, but I don't... <laughs> ever make the time for it you know like i need to play this game to be somewhat culturally relevant like not even that i just you know i want to take breaks and play a game but just haven't done it so i guess that's what i traded uh gaming for having a kid fucking adult life man bad trade you can't just like put the kid back in the womb either it's too late yeah i know you know <laughs> gaming it'll wait for you kid will not wait kid needs some attention and food and stuff or you go to jail you should feel ashamed of yourself for hosting a gaming podcast should I? Yeah. Okay. I hope you feel really ashamed. It's one of the news. <laughs> That's how ashamed I feel. We'll just cut that off right there. Hurtful. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to, off the top here, lead again with some rapid fire news. Alex, are you going to take this one? Sure. All right. Um, let's see here. Sales of Super Mario Maker for the Wii U have passed the 1 million mark since its release on September 11th. 
Over 2.2 million courses have been created so far. Have they been played like 75 million times and stuff? Have either of you played this yet? I no. haven't, but I've actually seen a lot of videos of the different levels that have been created because people are getting really ridiculous about it. It's pretty yeah. great. Haven't there been people hacking ROMs for years? Yeah, who, absolutely. Been... So there have been a ton of Mario makers. brings it to the masses. Yeah. Okay. Brings it to the masses, really nice graphics, all that biz. It's just way easier for people to play your levels if they're not made illegally as well. Right, so. right. And they're shared on the Wii network, whatever the fuck it is. Exactly. All right. What's up next? Um, let's see here. Twitch finally beat Dark Souls. It took 904 deaths and 1,040 hours of playtime. So I'm surprised this happened, but then I went and looked it up, and uh, the kind of, well, I guess it wasn't cheating, but the game would, like, pause, like, freeze, and then people would voice input all their commands that they wanted to do, and then they would execute those commands. So it's like... It wasn't like they were like live playing Dark Souls necessarily. Yeah, I was wondering how that would even happen. I was like, well, I guess monkeys, typewriter, eventually you'll be Dark Souls. Right, right. But, People uh, still do that shit. I know. Yeah. You think they would have been bored of it like, you know, a year and a half ago? No, Twitch plays are still definitely a thing. Autism is a hell of a drug. People, <laughs> people really need lives, like, desperately. I saw a joke earlier today about like somebody had created like a functional functional functionable functional. version of um pokemon red yeah. in minecraft and there's like oh my god we should get twitch to play pokemon red in minecraft jesus all right what's next oh, <laughs> okay, I, um, I, don't, I don't even have any comment on that i'm so still recovering up. from my creation of the word functionable yeah um, it's a legitimate word look it up <laughs> yeah it's a little legitimable word yep. um transformers devastation is coming out on october 6th so what's this game you, you wanted to mention it. Well, I wanted to mention it, but now I feel kind of lukewarm about it because a lot of details have been released about it since I originally came up with the idea to bring it to the podcast. But basically, it's um, a kind of really open world beat 'em up, yeah, solo player game open where you play as yeah, where you play as one of the five Autobots and you just you just fucking brawl with Decepticons. Like honestly, there's never a plot to any of this, so <laughs> there's not huh. too much to go into detail there. But um. The really nice thing about it was that the graphics are really appealing because it's cell shaded and really brightly colored and all the design is based off of the original cartoon. Yep. So it's not like your kind of Michael Bay Transformers game. Okay. It's so like it's a classic. Yeah, it's classic. And the right. score is classic. All the voice acting is classic. Like you've got a lot of the fan favorites doing the voice acting. Like a Peter Cullen, the original Optimus Prime, is voice acting for Prime. And Frank Welker is voice acting for Megatron and Soundwave in this game. So it's just like... They got a lot of big names, and they're really going for the nostalgia factor with this yeah. one. The open world aspect seems really cool too. There's a lot of landscape destruction, like falling buildings, and just like obviously you can turn into like a car or a plane. So there's a lot of zooming around these huge landscapes. But um, I've kind of lost interest in it because it's been revealed that there's no multiplayer function. I was like almost 100% positive there would be because it's a fucking brawling game. So you'd think that so, okay. you'd be able to choose First of all, this is rapid fire, so we'll, we'll just stop the timer. Oh, sorry. It's all right. <laughs> uh, okay, what do you mean by open world brawler? So basically like all the classic arcade 2D brawlers, but it's open world is what you're saying. Well, it's like... um. Was a like Do you ever play like Dragon Ball Z Budokai or like Tenkaichi? Yes. Think oh about yeah, the game was that, kind of shit. Except the level is just like so much larger. Okay. You can fly around like an entire city you, and like, it's level all detailed. Up and shit, and, or... um, I think there is like a weapons upgrade system and like a skill tree. Okay. And there are five different Autobots that you can play as. 
which is another big turnoff for me. You can't play as any of the Decepticons, and there's no Decepticon campaign. It looked really promising, but eventually it was revealed that it's only coming out for $50, and it's a budget game, so there's no uh, multiplayer, okay. limited campaign. Like, got my hopes really high because of the way that it's designed, and I don't PC think game? I'll be going for it. It's a PC, Xbox One, PS4, you name it. No yeah. Wii U, though. No Wii U. Well, you know. <laughs> that's kind of a given at Who this point. Who wants to take the time so... to port their game to the Wii U right now? Yeah, seriously. Fuck Why aren't that they shit. calling it Transformers Tenkaichi, though? I feel that's like, a great question. You know, like we should. should contact the developers and just be like, get on it, Platinum hey, stupids. Games. Stupids. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into rapid fire news. What's okay, next? Rapid fire. Um, half the world is complaining that Rise of the Tomb Raider is a timed exclusive for the Xbox One, but more importantly, Amazon Prime members can pre-order the game and get $10 off. Awesome. I'm a big fan of the Tomb Raider reboot, and I'm also an Amazon Prime member. So, so you're like, ah, oh, fuck like, yeah! yeah. Will this, get, will this uh, get you back in the game? It might, might, it might get me back in, yep. If, oh. if not that, it's gonna be Xenoblade Chronicles X. It'll get me back in. The first yep. one ruined me, the... <laughs> The other one will get me back in. Then right. designate next next gen purchaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's see here. Dota 2 has lost almost 16% of its active players in the September um, release of data. This kind of coincides with the release of the Reborn update, but people are kind of speculating that there are a number of factors that have caused this drop in the player numbers. Like what? Um, like Heroes of the Storm has been out and it's gaining momentum, so yep. I'd be interested in seeing some specific statistics, but I'm betting that a lot of the player base is just leeching over to competitors right now. And plus, Reborn re requires a beefier system, right? Beefier system, and apparently it's having some uh, glitchy issues, like game crashing. Yeah. Um, some of the characters are essentially non-playable now because their mechanics are all fucky. Just stuff like that. All right. Coming from someone who's only played, like, I don't know, four missions in both games, uh, Dota 2 and um, whatever the... Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm. Uh, Heroes of the Storm is the better game. Is it? Yeah. So. And uh, I'm just guessing it's, it just has so much more oomph behind it because it has all of the Blizzard lore behind it. Right. Like, so you don't really give a shit about Dota 2. Instead of, like, people. pretend Blizzard lore. Or like, right. <laughs> no, Dota 2 looks like a, like a Blizzard clone. Kind of game, so yeah, mm -hmm. which isn't. I'm not saying it's bad, but obviously that's the feel they were going for. Yeah. So getting it from the real thing, is considering kinda... its origins, right? But it's like your entire life you could only get Shasta, and then Coke comes to your town. It's just like, <laughs> of yeah. course, some people are gonna go to Heroes of the Storm. We're gonna get a lot of hate mail for that. Fuck you, fuck Shasta's you, Shasta great. haters. <laughs> Shasta's fucking amazing. It's I mean, the exact like one, same thing. Gonna like one email from like RC Cola guy. Hey. I totally forgot to mention RC Cola. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drink a lot of Western Family brands. Oh, yeah. Cola. I remember that. <laughs> All right. That's it for Rapid Fire News. Um, Good job, guys. Good job. Wow. I wanted to talk about the Star Wars Battlefront beta, the new Star Wars Battlefront game, because it starts on October 8th, and it runs until the 12th, and it's open for free to anybody who uh, is on PC, Xbox One, or PS4. There's going to be a lot of calling in sick to work at that time. Maybe. I don't know. Jared, what do you think? Would you be interested in this at all? The beta? Open beta, yeah. No. Neither am I. free? Fuck it. I don't do betas, man. No, fuck betas. <laughs> I'm not going to download 11 gigs of uh, a game that I can only play for, you know, four days. Four days or okay, whatever. Okay, that makes sense. If that, if the servers even stay up. It's just, I'll, I'll wait for the actual game to come out. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like I wouldn't go see an early draft or an early cut of a movie that I wanted to see. 
I or like just, the shitty cam version where it's like recorded on like a shaky cell phone in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I'd want to go see the real thing. So games are the same way. I mean, um, I think the only beta I've ever played uh, was StarCraft Two, and that's because by the time I started playing it, it was basically done. It was just the multiplayer. Yeah. So this is just a personal thing, though, because betas are obviously very important. No, I know, but I'm just to me, there's this, yeah. this whole like open beta fad to me. This new thing, especially on consoles. Dear God brand new thing on consoles um just does not appeal to me how about you alex well i mean i think that it's going to be a practically finished game so i don't think you guys would have to worry about too much in that sense because at this point it's just a marketing stunt like just give everyone like a little tiny taste of it before it actually comes out i feel think so yeah but you guys know that I'm kind of like lukewarm about Battlefront because I don't have a history with it anyways so regardless of how i feel about betas i probably won't be playing the beta uh well we're gonna have to bring in Either a couple other Xbox Ones in here or something. Get a little uh, land party or whatever. We'll all play in here. <laughs> play some Battlefront. Party? The one thing that concerned me about that article was like, I was confused why uh, it said something about the first five levels are going to be open. Like, is this going to be like a fucking like RPG ish sort of game then? Well, no. It's just it's probably going to uh, take the modern and if there's probably this information is probably out there. I'm guessing. It's just going to take what Call of Duty kind of added to the first-person shooter genre. And and you can play missions <clears throat> side-by-side side with people. Does Call of Duty have levels? No, no, no. What I mean is, like, you level up your character. Like, you get experience for every multiplayer match you play, and it opens up new guns, new skins, new... You think things. that's going to be it? I okay, bet you. Okay, because when you said levels, I thought of, like, missions. Not no, as no, in no. character levels. I, okay. I thought character levels when I read the article, but... I'm pretty sure it's character level. It, it, it's just leveling up your, you know your rank okay gotcha i'm guessing it just seems to be a, a big difference from the previous titles if um if there's rpg elements added no all. it's just it's standard fare now every single um shooter game does this now all right halo does it uh battlefield does it everybody does it so we'll see how how that pans out then okay now in a recent interview with fortune uh the gamestop ceo paul rains said quote Disc-based games will be around forever. I see a complimentary business where we sell discs plus download like the current console mode. Virtual reality games will also likely follow this model. It's crazy to me how someone's actually being a little bit reasonable about his vision of the future. Oh, yeah, like... In five years, there will (laughs) never be a console again. Our PCs are dead forever. That, That article, by the way, the... Five years from now, consoles won't exist. Has been like in every fucking gaming <laughs> or ma- magazine or website. Sensationalist bullshit. Since like 1995. I don't know if disc games will be around forever, though. Like, just personal skepticism. I think that they are on their way out. Not that it's going to be anytime soon, but I feel like you know the CEO of fucking GameStop is not going to tell the world that he sees disc games going out. He's got investors to think of. He doesn't want to oh, send yeah. them all into a panic. Like, ah, the ship is sinking. So, to me, it's. There's always going to be a demand for physical media and not not having to download it yourself. Because basically, well, like I know my brother, he always gets games on disc because he wants to have a hard copy. But even if that were to go away, like the disc were to go away, I'm guessing GameStops would still exist where you go and you... Because there's a lot of people who don't have an internet connection. You know, there's a lot of places that don't have the internet to, you know, download these games or whatever. Yeah, I could see it changing. Maybe it really will be around forever. I mean, maybe two billion years in the future when the sun explodes, they'll still be making physical copies. Sun's not they'll just explode. be like floating around in the vacuum of space. Like. Sun's got like 4.5 billion years left, FYI. 
Oh man, thank God. Maybe five billion. Yeah, Jared, wow. what are you, a not scientist? Jesus. <laughs> Embarrassed. You should be. <laughs> okay, Alex, you wanted to talk about a couple games. Yeah. Um, Undertale. Have you guys ever heard of Undertale? I have. No. Okay, it's been making a really big splash in my quote-unquote social circle, and by that I mean the people that I know through the internet on okay. forums and things like that. Um, a lot of my friends are playing it right now, and it is getting just like stellar reviews across the board. Can you give me like a brief synopsis of what it is and what it's about? Okay, so you play a little tiny human girl. Um, you fall in a hole into yeah. a world of monsters because it turns out um, in a war of humans versus monsters like thousands of years ago or whatever, monsters lost and were banished underground. Okay. So you suddenly find yourself surrounded by monsters and you just try to go home. Okay. And that's it. But the, isn't the gimmick the battle system? Yes. So the big gimmick is that you can go through the entire game without killing a single monster. So like one of my friends is two-thirds of the way through the game right now, and he hasn't accrued a single experience point because there are always alternatives to fighting the monsters. Okay. Um, how the, the battle plays out is it looks like a traditional RPG at first glance because Turn there's based. like, yeah, there's yeah. An, an attack button um, and like you can use items and things like that. But there's also an act button. And if you click that, then it pulls open options for how you can interact with a specific monster. Yeah. So um, you could talk to it. You could run a check on it. And if you check it, that's basically doing like a Sherlock Holmes observation where you like record details of the monster from head to toe. Yeah. And using those details, you can uh, try different actions to appease them. Ah, uh, okay. So if you don't want to attack them, um, you could dance with them or like have a pleasant conversation yeah. or flirt with them. There's one monster that can actually be defeated by like having a flexing match. So like you just flex your muscles at them for a while and then you just like flex them into oblivion. Yeah. So um I just want to kill them all though. Well then yeah. I guess that you can just kill them all, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> I want them all to die underneath my heel. So this is like a retro looking <laughs> game. Looks like um like a eight bit or sixteen bit ish game. Yeah, exactly. Um it's really reminiscent of Earthbound. I was gonna say, that's actually what turned me off. It's like Okay, little quirky game, quirky, weird sense of humor. Exactly, Looks like it's like not my thing. Just Earthbound spirit child. Even right. like the way that the battles play out, just like the way that the UI is designed, yeah. and the kind there's a a sort of li there's a live aspect to it. Kind of like how you know how your attacks had to be timed in Earthbound. Yeah. Um, in this game, there's like a little dodging mini game, so you have to anticipate enemy attacks and like m hit the arrow buttons at the right time to dodge their attacks. Okay. Just stuff like that, but everything about it strikes me as Earthbound. Sense of humor is super Earthbound it's, too. Yeah, it looks like a new Earthbound game. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is probably why people fucking love right, it. Right, because so people much. love Earthbound, or have... as they call it, Mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you played Mother Three. They no. just have massive boners for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't get into that game at all. No, neither could I. I tried the NES one that got translated, and a, and the Super Nintendo one just could not give a shit about it. I liked it just because I thought it was funny, but I yeah, don't think course. it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. We've discussed your sense of humor before. This sounds like this Undertale game is made for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's going to be a life changer for me. I'm sure. I just I don't really like. I think the whole sense of humor in the gaming community is really shitty. It really sucks, especially the indie game community. <laughs> so all these indie games that come out that are basically based on the fact that they're funny, it's just zero, flat zero for you. appeal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your game is, is awesome because it's funny. Ah, I don't believe you. You're like, you know I guess I'm just not going to play this. And I'm not ever. saying that my sense of humor is more refined or anything. I, I, I'm saying that I personally... Yeah, it's just not your 
sense of humor. No, and it's just it's just I find it to be obnoxious. For yeah. someone who doesn't like neckbeard humor, you you know, you have quite a neckbeard. Yeah. <laughs> but literally. Like I right know, now at this I moment, know. you guys can't see it, but it's there. I know. This is what happens when you're lazy. Here here's the thing. I cannot shave two days in a row. Or my neck will just be this open raw wound. Just a giant sore. Yeah. Like so, like my skin's so sensitive, so I have to wait at least two days, and then I might forget. Like, oh, you know, I look pretty sexy today with this two day stubble, and then you know, it goes downhill from there. I get lazy, forget, and then eventually it's like going to become a project. You know, a project to shave this goddamn thing off. You should just grow an awesome beard. No, I can't. I be- I don't have the genes for it. I Is it just a grow super patchy like? I don't know. I've never, I've never let it get far enough to really know. Or does it just look like pube beard? Yeah. Your dad had an awesome beard. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. And just looking at your hair, it looks like you would make an awesome beard. Like just if that was just transferred a couple of inches (laughs) south, it would look great. Uh, I, you know, also I hate the like whole like beard phenomena thing. Oh yeah. I find those people like super, super (laughs) annoying. Like the ones who like, like, buy like a wax for their beard and shit mm, special herbal oils yeah smells like rosemary yep i had a friend who actually i made fun of him for this but he bought a straw like a straw that he carries with him like this metal straw or glass straw because he can't drink out of like um glasses <laughs> without his mustache getting into the the drink oh that's kind of nasty i didn't yeah. consider that before like i know that like crumbs in the beard is a thing but just thinking about like coffee running through your mustache is ugh. hey if you're into it great i'm just gonna criticize you for it that's not- <laughs> <laughs> it's just not it's just not ben's cup of tea how about you do you like guys with beards like actual beards um you find them attractive i should say no. Yeah, it looks like gross. It looks like they're just, I don't know. I don't find it unattractive. I've just never thought to myself, like, God, I get to hope, I hope I get to date a guy with a beard. That's what I really want out of life. Yeah. I never consider facial hair into the equation very much. Really? When I look for a suitable partner. Huh. If I grow up my beard, I'd look like a Chinese villain or something. <laughs> <laughs> you get like Fu Manchu where you only have like five hairs and they're super long. Like right or... here. Yeah. And like, right yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so awesome. I'm going to fucking do it. See, it's just lose lose for me. Like, there's no demographic which is going to like a mustache on me. Well, I mean, (laughs) well, you know, we shouldn't criticize girls for not wanting to shave their hair or remove the hair from their body. (laughs) Fucking people, like girls who don't shave their armpits, are fucking nasty. I'm sorry. Don't take the armpit hair thing. There are some guys that are really into that. Like, really really into that. That's cool. I had an experience in like sixth grade, seventh grade. So I'm standing in line for this uh, ride at the local water slides. Well, first what happened this day is that this uh, young lady, probably 20-something, I don't know, I was in sixth grade, I couldn't really judge at the time, went down the ramp slide, stood up when she got out, out of the water, and of course had lost her top. I was like looking around, like, and then people oh, were like, no. oh, you don't have your top. And then she freaked out, you know. <laughs> so that, that was, you know, I felt bad for her actually more than I was like, ooh, look at that. Anyway, but then in the next line or two that I stood in, there was a girl um who was probably i don't know 16 uh redhead fiery redhead and she uh raised her arm to like wave to a friend giant red bushes under her arm uh, armpits it was fucked did you just like have that moment where your eyes widened and you couldn't look away no i had i looked away okay (laughs) i I looked the fuck away let me tell you anyway i just i think i think it's nasty but the nice (laughs) the nice thing is if you're offended by the fact that i think it's nasty you don't have to date me or talk to me. 
because I don't want to talk to you either. It's true. It's only his wife he's concerned. Yeah, right. No, if Becca... St- oh. She's like, fuck, I got to shave my armpits. No, going to look at me today. She already borderlines it with her legs out of laziness. <laughs> I do the beard thing, so... What about a nice, clean beard like Billy Mays? Uh, I can pull off Billy Mays' beard. Few like people I, can. It doesn't... It's I, hard. It doesn't grow cleanly enough. Like I, you know, Your like dad Alex did. Ah, didn't do it. You can do it. I don't believe in myself. You'd have to landscape that very carefully, like trimming a hedge bush or something, like with <laughs> tiny scissors, making it perfect. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Okay, sorry, Alex. Is there more to talk about on Undertale, do you think? Oh, um, I just wanted to list off some of the scores that it's been getting, but that's pretty much it. Um, it's gotten 10 out of 10 on Steam, 97 on Metacritic, 5 out of 5 on Giant Bomb, 10 out of 10 on Destructoid. Like, if you go to any major site and ask what it thinks about Undertale right now. It'll practically fall over. It's spasming so much from how it adores it. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Um, I'm probably not going to play it, but I'm sure there's lots of people out there who will love it. So, good for them. Good for them. Good for you. Are you going to play it? Um, Probably. Eventually. Down the line. After I fucking beat Pokemon. Yeah. Piece of shit. Stuck in the past. Stuck Unable in the past. Unable to move on. <laughs> what year is it? What year is it? <laughs> All right. God, I, I love Jumanji, but I that's know, the right? reason I hate mosquitoes. Oh, yeah. The reason I hate mosquitoes is because mosquitoes suck. Okay, what's you want to talk about one more game that I can't pronounce the name for? Armacrog? Armacrog. All right. Um, so, let me see here. Armacrog is made by Doug Tenapel. Okay. Have you, do you, are you guys familiar with his work? He did uh, nope. Earthworm Jim, Neverhood. Oh, okay. He did a bunch of animated stuff, too. So, like, he did the animated show, like, Cat Scratch. But he's been around and about. And um, it's made by him and uh, Pencil Test Studios. Okay. So this game was funded by Kickstarter. It's one of those guys. And it's about a space explorer named Tommy Knot. He's blind, and he runs around with his talking dog, Beak Beak, on a planet where he is locked in a fortress. Okay. So, like, it's really weird plot. Um, the biggies about it, for me, are that uh, Tommy Knot is voiced by the main guy from Mystery Science Theater. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. So uh, Is he kind of like commenting on stuff then as it's happening, or is he actually just playing a character? He's actually playing the main character. Okay, okay. And um, the audio has this really like a kind of old school filter tossed on top of it, and it's all done with traditional claymation. Mm. So it has like the exact same feel as Neverhood. Even like the character design, the landscape design, like the whole game just looks exactly like a Neverhood sequel. And this is this is like so, a first person point and click. It's not first. It's a got first person elements to it. Like certain scenes will put you into first person, but it's primarily like third person point and click. So you see your character on screen. Yeah. And, and he walks to stuff. And, yep. Yep. Okay. Solve puzzles and. and it's all like animated with claymation. Yes. It looks just. It looks fucking beautiful. I yeah. like. This is one of those games. Where if I were more inclined to watch Let's Plays, I would watch a Let's Play of it. Yeah. Or if I didn't want to like ferociously throw my money at it, I'd watch a Let's Play of yeah. it. So, um, yeah, good stuff. And it just came out um, yesterday. We're recording this on October 1st, so September 30th it's been released. Okay. But, cool. yeah, I'm pumped. Um, I really, there was, back in the day, uh, of course you were a baby so you wouldn't know, there's yeah. a game called um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which is a third-person like point-and-click mm-hmm. game like that. And uh, God, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Favorite memories of playing that game. It was kind of, it's it basically almost like a better Indiana Jones sequel than 
uh, well, it was definitely better than the fucking new one. But yeah, it, it was a Skull. Yeah, <laughs> that's setting the bar pretty yeah, low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a really good like Indiana Jones story, and the game was fun, and uh, like there were branching paths, like you could go a couple different ways. And anyway, very the good game. Game was hard. Fate of Atlantis. Yeah. Oh, it was hard, but it was very satisfying when you figure something Did out. You played at my house or something? I think my brother owned it. No, I played it at um, yeah, another for Evan's house. Oh. And then I eventually got it myself. Um, anyway. That's the really great thing about this point and click game. So it's so satisfying when you finally figure something out, yes. especially if it's designed to not be a total dick to you. Well, yeah, the ones where you have to like kind of like look at the screen and mouse over everything because you don't know what the fuck you can pick up. Those are exactly. those are stupid and terrible. That's bad design. But if a yeah. puzzle is hard just because you're not thinking about it properly or right. outside the box or whatever, that's great game design. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do. Um... Oh, you know what? We'll do the top three. Why not the top three? Must die. Top three list of the week. Must die. Top three list. Top three list. Top three list of the week. Die, die, die. The top three list of the week. So, Jared thought we should do top three gaming controllers. Top three gaming favorite gaming controllers. I think there's not enough gaming controllers out there. So, each of us. Each of us is going to pick our top one gaming controller. Putting you on the spot. That just made my list really difficult. Did but it? I think I can do it. I think okay. so. Okay. Either you want to start then, or should I start? I'll start because one I'll of you end, might say I'm this. I'll end because I'm going to do three, damn it. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> so my favorite gaming controller of all time is the 360 controller. Okay. Just like the size of it and the button placement is so perfect for my hands specifically because I have somewhat tiny hands. Uh -huh. So the game controllers where you have to do like a little bit of reaching between your fingers to hit all the buttons is kind of difficult. So like N64 didn't make it for me for that reason. Yeah. Even PlayStation controller can be kind of awkward. Or yeah. like I have like a Logitech controller that I used for my computer gaming for a while and that's kind of fucky. But 360 is in like a really nice sweet spot for my hands. Nice. And that's pretty much it. Like it's just... Solid and standard. It it's, does what it's trying to do the best. Right. Other controllers might be doing the same thing, but it's doing it the best. Um, I would agree with that. In fact, I would say that's probably tied with the Xbox One. Xbox One controller is a little better to me. Feels a little slicker. And the thing is, I haven't is that, actually touched one yet. Oh fuck! I have like three lying around here. So <laughs> I'll, I'll let you touch it before you leave. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> okay. And basically, the really annoying thing about the 360 just in general was um, if you wanted to play with a headset, like a third party headset where you got um, audio through your headphones and also voice chat. Yeah. It was a bitch because you had to string a cord to the console and blah, like all these different cords you had to string everywhere. Um, with the Xbox One, you just you can buy a third party thing and just plug it in to the controller. You can oh, audio, nice. audio through the headphones wirelessly, voice chat. So to me, that was a huge improvement. When I play first person shooter games, I don't know what it is. This is my PC days, I guess, playing a lot of Counter-Strike. I have to wear headphones. I, I feel naked without headphones. Oh, totally. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Xbox One controller is super, super nice. So. Um, DualShock 2. Dual, uh, PlayStation 2. Yep. I love the, I love the PS2, man. You know, my, the thing with me is um, a lot of controllers, I have bad circulation, so a lot of controllers um, make my hands go numb. Really? Like, really. That's tons good. of handhelds, tons talk of to controllers. A dark doctor, man, that sounds pretty. No, but the PS2, man, I've never had a problem with that. Or PS1, I mean, they're the same design as PS1, yeah. but they have uh, shock and all. Well, that. They, they're heavier that. though. They, I like the feel in your hands. They better. are a little bit yeah. heavier. Yeah, I don't love the PS. Well, I guess PS3 is about the same too. But... Oh no, 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 no! PS3 hurt my hands. 
PS4 it. controller, fuck that little touchpad thing up top. That is dumb. That is bad is design. Yes, I uh, hate that thing. I, I haven't even held one, actually. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just weird about um kind of like touchpad stuff. I just don't like it in general. Yeah. And so like touch sensitive weird square button at the top of PS4 controllers just not doing it for me. I'm kind of surprised you didn't go with Dreamcast. Oh, no, I I like the Dreamcast controller. Um, but you know, it didn't really stand the test of time because basically you can't have a controller now without two analog sticks. And the Dreamcast controller was super revolutionary for the VMU thing, years ahead of its time. You know about this, Alex? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Don't <I> was explain <laughs> back in the day the VMU. No, we had a Dreamcast rolling around. I just never used it personally. Oh, that's, that's sad for me, that's right? Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, somebody didn't turn their phone off. What a dick. Ben's like, ah, oh, what a what a fucking asshole as he turns his phone off. <laughs> I think that was actually that's actually Microsoft calling me. And where are you? About what? Uh, I signed what back when I lived in Seattle, I signed up for the Microsoft uh, like play test thing. Oh, gotcha. And I used to go do like software tests and hardware tests, and you get like a free piece of hardware or software, and then I'd sell it on the black market for lots of money. Um, but they've been really lately. They've been calling like the past few months. They've been calling a lot. Actually, since the beginning of the summer. They've been wanting to like go for like a whole like weekend test. Oh, cool! And it's like, well, it's I have to drive down to Seattle now to do it and whatnot. But I think what they what they do because they have you put in your um, gamer tag. I think they saw that I played a shit ton of Destiny, and I think they were doing a lot of testing on Destiny, yeah, the new one. <laughs> and so they were like calling me like every other weekend to come down and you know. <laughs> ben, so. come back. Yo, we need it, you. Yo, it's not like they they I'm just in their system, and they can I probably like you know in the top whatever players on Destiny who. In terms of playtime, is in their system. I'm sure that's probably why. Um, I'm I, well, actually no. I guarantee you, I'm not at the top because I'm not fucking crazy. But you're in there for like Bellingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um. <clears throat> okay. Sorry. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Dreamcast controller. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be the best controller now. Right now. No, I mean, but I I think Alex is right. The 360 controller all around really does its job the best. Um, so that's of, one of the ones where my hand goes numb if I play it too long. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's comfortable. Don't get me wrong. I just the only thing that could be better, really, on both that and the Xbox One is the D-pad. That's the that's the one thing I don't like is the you know the classic uh, four directional. Yeah. yeah. What problem do you have with it? It's too stiff. Like you go you go put your hands on a nice classic like NES controller. And it, it's way softer to the touch, the D-pad is. It, I can see that. It feels a lot better. That was number two on my list, NES. Nice, nice. Not the fucking, like, the, the redesign, though, the circular one, the fucking box. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, Dogbone NES controllers are actually pretty sweet. I know. They are good. Um, I can see what you're saying about the D-pad, though, because I've tried doing fighting games with my 360 controller, and, like... I always used D-pad before 360, yeah. so I tried giving it a go again, and it's just really hard, especially if you're doing your roll moves, yeah. where you have to do like up diagonal right, like to the right. And it's also not in a super great position if you're using it in that way too. Mm -mm. Yeah, so um, that's my only complaint. I don't know how they could solve it other than making it softer and moving it up a bit. I don't know. I'm not a fucking designer. I don't really have a problem with the PS2 uh, D-pad. No, the PS, the PS2 and three, whatever. Their D pad's a little different because it's regular soft buttons. Because uh, yeah, yeah, I I play uh, Final Fantasy VII or, or you know random games like that purely with a D pad. So. Right, right. Well, I feel like that's the D pad strong point, and it's kind of going out. So like, it's just good for a menu navigation, really. Yeah, yeah. Like it's strongest I, point. Like if if the Xbox One controller had the four buttons, like the 
PS3, 2, and 3 controllers have for the D-pad rather than the, the stiff thing they have, I think it'd be a lot better. And also a lot easier to use, because like you say, you, you kind of just use it to navigate menus, or like, it's like up is a hotkey and left is a hotkey, and you know, yeah. stuff like that, so. Okay. I think that's that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, my third, my third was uh, my mice and keyboard. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was gonna mention GameCube because, like, you know what? I just really liked the design. It wasn't very practical in like a tactile sense. Yeah. But it looked great, and some of the buttons felt really great. Like I love the way the A and the B felt. It is comfortable. GameCube. You know, it is comfortable. I feel like Nintendo fell into this trap though, starting in like well, I should probably starting the N sixty four era. Where their fucking controller was really just designed to play their first party games. And everybody else had a fucking deal. Exactly. Like anything that went between like the original Xbox and GameCube was just kind of fucked as far as controls yeah. went. They had no worries about being standard and blah blah. It's it just you know, I have not held one of the new um Wii U like pro controllers or whatever. So I don't know if obviously that looks like a three sixty controller, so I don't know how good that is. But yeah, Nintendo um these controllers, it just makes p- harder to port their games, and when you play a port, it feels awkward. Yeah. If you ever try to play a first-person shooter on GameCube, it's just like, <laughs> it's just not happening very easily. Really? Yeah, I can't no. believe how many hundreds of hours we used to play GoldenEye on a, a 64 controller looking back. Hey, man. It I just mean, seems utterly not... masochistic looking back, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not, it wasn't easy to really get good at it. Well, no, I mean, uh, eventually you get good with the C buttons, like the four, like the yellow buttons, strafing and going yeah, up Yeah, I know. Yeah, but, it's just... but it was just like... It, it was, was a beast. Well, the nice thing is it was that was that was early on in first person shooters how like having another set of uh controls on console like for directional movement and that meant that if you mastered it you could fucking kick a lot of ass. Okay. Uh let's see. Quickly do worst thing. The worst thing that ever happened to us this week. Okay, so this actually happened a few weeks back because I'm pushing the discussion. It's really not that exciting. Basically, um, I mentioned last episode that one of my favorite Steam finds was uh, Trine 1 and Trine 2. Solid uh, physics-based 2D platforming games. Um, And the company that made those actually recently released Trine 3. It sounds like they kickstarted it. And they, because uh, they wanted to change it up and make it a 3D world game. So basically, they changed the whole formula, and that took a lot of. Uh, I couldn't believe how much money they said they spent. That's first of all, point two million dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, millions of dollars. Like, no, I think I said like ten million dollars. I thought it was five point two million. Okay, but yeah. whatever. Anything more than a million, like, holy shit, that's yeah. a lot of money to spend on like an indie game. Which wait, and really, still, it is still an indie game. I'm wondering what the budgets for their original games were like. How big a step up was this? Well, Europe, a lot of the countries in I think they think they're based in Finland. They're called Frozen Bite. Oh right, and they get public funding. You get a lot of public funding, so you got oh. a lot of jackasses on public funding. You know, here actually, that this this kind of plays into what I want to talk about with this. Remember that studio we talked about who made the the game. Um, the the one with like South American Civil War was going on or something and oh yeah and remember remember that they had that letter that they were quitting and that really pissed us off oh yeah I same kind that of story. thing it was like the, they were funded by public money so basically instead of being a real business and thinking about what customers want and you know what you need to make to become a profitable business a lot of these little European indie dev 
people who get this public money are like, oh, I'm just going to go make my dream game. Yep, they just have is, a massive stick up their butt, and they're just like, this will go great. Yeah, if I make this a totally unconventional game, it's totally going to like revolutionize things. Like, it's just going <laughs> to shatter the industry. Yeah. It's art. It's not a fucking video game. <laughs> they, uh, when they released Trine 3, they got a ton of backlash. Actually, I don't even know what qualifies as a ton of backlash nowadays. Because it's always like, there's we, always a lot more than there used to be. So it's like, how do you even quantify like what exceeds your limit yeah, anymore? Like, exactly. People don't bother to leave, leave feedback unless it's negative. So Right, right. <laughs> no, you're right. But like, reason developers should never skewed. pay attention to their forums, their Twitter, their anything. Just don't even fucking pay attention to it. Because you get an intern to look at that shit. <laughs> it means nothing. It does mean nothing. No, it really does. Um, and you're just going to like put your game into the fucking ground if you actually pay attention to these people. Right. So anyway, the backlash was about the fact that the game was short. It was uh, five, six hours long. And uh, the story felt like it was incomplete. And so people were bitching about it, blah, blah, blah. Felt like they had been fooled when they put their money in Kickstarter. Anyway, so the devs wrote this big like a, apology like letter post on their blog. And then, when that wasn't enough... They recorded themselves on video and like did this like mea culpa on video, just like, oh, we're so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And so this was like a seven minute video posted to Steam forums and all that. Um, so there's these two guys standing in front of the camera. Well, I think one of them is actually like a like a dev, and the other guy is like calls himself the PR guy. Mm, yeah. So here's them talking here in the beginning of the video. Uh, hello everybody, this is Kai and Joel from Frozen Bite. Uh, this is our response to all the feedback and criticism we've got for the release of Trine 3, The Artifacts of Power. I'm, maybe I'm just a stupid, ignorant American, but I just find the whole European accent thing funny. Like, I don't know. Why are they... It makes uh, it entertaining to listen to. Like, <laughs> why, 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 did they, or why are they copying a Copper Cab, that redhead guy, by fucking shooting their thing in an alley? What are you talking about? What's, what's Copper Cab? You ever heard of no Copper Cab, the ginger guy? No. no. What the fuck are you talking about? What does he do? You guys aren't up on your fucking like memes and stuff. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Gingers don't have souls. Oh, is it like the kid? Yeah. The, oh, okay. He's talking in an alley. Yeah, why? Why do people always like record themselves in a goddamn alley? Yeah, these guys really didn't pick a good location. We'll get into more of that later, though. I mean, it's like they're trying to humanize themselves by making this video. They're like, we're just a couple of normal guys. Like, we don't have the budget for a nice big studio. Right. Okay. So record yourself in your house or something. Okay, so here that, <laughs> here's your that clip or... continued. Um, I'd just like to start off by apologizing for everybody expecting a longer game and for letting you down on those expectations. Uh, but in hindsight, I think our biggest mistake was that we did not let you all know that we had plans about splitting the game's story into different parts. Okay, what other motherfucking industry does a person who sells a product have to come on and beg for forgiveness for not having it satisfy everybody? What the fuck? Yeah. It's not really a thing with other products. I know. Because if you like produce a shitty pair of socks or something, you don't have people knocking on your door and getting mad about your socks. Right. Or like if you make a movie, there are, there's a good chance that it's just not going to reach the masses. So yeah. nobody's going to rag on your shitty movie. Well, also, Teeth if you if you make a shitty movie, what was the last time a fucking director got on camera or a writer said, oh, I'm so sorry this movie was so bad and you guys spent your fucking $15 at the theater uh, on a movie and popcorn? And didn't like the movie. 
here's my seven minute YouTube video. I'm, I'm so sad and so sorry. I should feel terrible about this. Remember, There's just um, so much more distance between a director of something like the shitty fourth Transformers movie. Like, there's just so much more people between, like, yeah. the director and the customers. No, that's the thing. Indie devs are, like, right there in front of the players, and they know who they are. And, and that's, that's bad. So if but, there, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if there were, like, a different industry that had, like, a similar format, then you'd see the exact same thing. But video uh, games are special. They're special. There's coming this culture where people kind of basically... They're very entitled. They expect the devs to be a certain way. And if the devs aren't this 100% altruistic, angel-like person who they can just support and feel like they're, you know, allowing them to buy more Top Ramen by spending their $10 in this game, you know, like the dev has to be a struggling artist who is just so cool and blah, blah, blah. And they can't just be like a normal person, you know, doing something. They have to fit this image or they're evil and they must be destroyed. It is incredibly polarized. It's insane. Could you imagine if uh, Blizzard had uh, had done this back when uh, this big reveal about how StarCraft was going to be three parts? <gasps> oh, that's a good, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah. they, would, they wouldn't have just... I just imagine like a Blizzard CEO in a fucking alley shooting a video. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, seriously, though, I won't, we'll continue this in a second, but, but working with... Uh, in the very distant way I have with Steam, with, with like, Valve people... You know, all this drama was surrounding my game when it, got, when it was on green light and blah, blah, blah. And, and people were like doing this sort of thing to me. Like they wanted me to have like this mea culpa for, for banning some fucking stupid, something awful people from a forum or from the, from the game. And I was like, fuck, I didn't do anything wrong. You're fucking banned, bitch. I mean, you broke the rules of the game 10 times over. <laughs> anyway, so these people were trying to, you know, cause all this drama. And the Valve people like, it didn't even like phase them. Like it's like they see this every fucking day. Mm -hmm. This is just the standard now. They're so desensitized and dead inside. They're well, like, well, no, it's, just like, it's, like, it's like anybody who actually is an adult and anybody who's like, you don't have to make these apologies. These people, oh. these people are little losers who, who basically go on Twitter or whatever and yell about this and say, oh, I'm not going to buy your game. And all the people like them who, even though they don't know you, say, oh, I'm not going to buy that game either now. It's like, you're never going to buy in the first place, dick. <laughs> I feel like the reason, like a big part of the reason these um, developers for Trine 3 are so apologetic is just because they're not used to this because their first two games were so well received and they were the golden child. And so like right. they probably weren't expecting or prepared for any of this. For their fan base to turn on them in a blink of so an they eye. Are, they are weak. <laughs> they look like the sort of guys who wouldn't handle negative feedback that well. They look like the sort of guys who like, if they found out their girlfriend was cheating on them, they'd be like, Ugh. They'd just be like, but she won't do it again though. Yeah, and I can't do any better. I'm going to take you back and I guess... It's just too lonely without you. Yeah, yeah, I'm you sorry know. I didn't spend enough time with you. I don't want to be criticizing them apart from the fact that, yes, they should not have made this apology. <laughs> um, I will say, though, that like, um, aside from the ridiculously stupid amounts of vitriol that was directed towards them, a lot of the criticism seemed really valid. Um, yeah, no, that's the thing, too, is that the fact that they had valid criticism is, is, is true. A lot of the criticism was valid. It's the fucking reaction. Seriously, sometimes games are shorter than you're expecting them to be, and sometimes the story doesn't pan out, you know, in the way you want it to. How much does this game cost, by the way? Cost twenty two dollars, and it was about four to five hours of gameplay. Mm, yeah, Six, if is... you did like one hundred percent and like found yeah. all the Easter eggs and shit like that. That is a little steep, maybe, but it's yeah. a little steep, and it was like the previous games had more than twice that amount of content for the same price, which is why people had like a huge backlash is because they were expecting 
like 10 hours of gameplay. This is a good point to play this next sound clip. Yes, the game is shorter than uh, than the previous ones in the series, and it mm -hmm. is very different because of the 3D. Uh, we announced that uh, it would be six to seven hours uh, during the start of early access, but had we said something about the story being cut in half or not ending completely, uh, I think it could have made a big difference um, in how how the game was received. So that just seems very misleading. What? That they claimed there was going to be like six to eight hours of gameplay and then it was significantly less than that. No, it wasn't significantly less than that. Is this even like a really story-based game, though? I mean... Not really. The, the story of the first two... There's probably endless replayability, The story of the right? first two games really wasn't that great. Like, the story was good. It's all about the gameplay, It was all about the art right? and the gameplay, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Stylistically, it was really pretty. Yeah, so, I mean, who cares if... Saying it was, you know, 15 to 20 hours and it ends up being, you know... Think five, of all the NES six. games. That's, yeah. that's a the whole six to eight, and it ends up being five to six is the number people say. That's not really that much of a difference. Think of all those side scrollers back in the day that were only that amount, and you still would pay forty dollars for them. I Fuck, think it's just a big deal when you break it down in percentages. Because yeah. when you when you're expecting like uh, when you only have like six hours of gameplay and you lose a full third of that, that's when people get pissy, right? Yeah. How many times are you dying along the way trying to figure out the next part? I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, I think that number is so close and so variable that it, it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's more that people were expecting a 20-hour game and it was shorter. Like these people, this this whole message about, oh, well, we said early access, it was going to be seven to eight hours. That's when people should have taken notice that it's going to be shorter. People were expecting a longer game, like double the length of that. What the fuck? Who was expecting like 20 hours? Or 15, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not that it was five to six versus seven to eight. It's that it was five to six versus, you know, 12 to 14. Okay. Then they need to calm the fuck down. Right, right, right. Okay, so... I did hear that they removed, like, things like skill trees, too. Oh, yeah, so, th so they had all these plans about. for the game, and they did this big transition to 3D, spent $5 million on development, and what they say in this video is, you know, we kind of got hung up in development, and things took longer than we expected, and we need to double the budget to do everything we wanted to do, and... That's just game development. That yeah, happens. honestly, it just seems like it's, this is just like a really unfortunate scenario that happens all the fucking time. Right. And usually as a business, this is a lesson you learn. Oh, shit. You know, we should have planned ahead better. We should have thought about that. We should have really sat down and, and figured out what we could reasonably do. Yeah. You just kind of learn things right. the hard way. And then you have a, a meeting with everybody. You're like, OK, cool. We're going to do that for next time. We're going to learn from this mistake and we're going to make something better next time. You know, and, you know, maybe in the meantime, we'll discount the game. 50% or give customers, you yeah, know. Yeah, you just do some PR recovery or some shit. But not fucking apologize and do this line by line of everything you did wrong apology to some fucking 12-year-olds on the other side of the world who are just going to fucking sit there, watch your video, and then go back to watching porn. <laughs> I just really wish that people would understand how difficult it is to get a firm grasp on a budget when you're an indie developer or, like, this is, like, an entirely new experiment yep. for you. People could be a little bit more forgiving about something like that. You know, it's just a matter of just work in general. I just, you know, some of these people, you know, I talk to people who play games all the time and you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm working this this job and uh, a customer came in today, was a total dick and fuck him and doesn't understand how hard it is, blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody has a job where they have to deal with people who don't appreciate the work they do. And you'd think that everybody would apply that. Oh, maybe I'm doing the same thing to everybody else. Not just when it comes to gaming, but everything, you know, people yeah, just are shitty to ever. each other. You know, they're also wrapped up in their own shit. They don't realize that they're treating other people the way they don't like to be treated. <sighs> okay, so anyway, um, this, the reason this pisses me off is because these guys should not have to come on and do this. However, 
Um, I want to play this next clip because, um, well, let's play and I'll explain. Uh, so now that everybody hates us, uh, our plans uh, for the continuation of the series uh, are completely on hold uh, because at this point, it just doesn't make any sense. Okay, uh, so while he's saying this, okay, off in the background of this alley, whatever they're in, there's like a dumpster, like a <laughs> regular green dumpster. Fucking other guy, while he's saying these specific lines, is walking with like a trying to like giant fucking like poster, like this, oh God. On, on like a flat you know board or whatever. Like you obviously see it's a trying to poster. And then right as he's done saying, it, you'll hear the sound. He throws it in the dumpster behind them. My final point is that please don't blame uh, the game. Yeah, the there it is. So, <laughs> that's funny. I actually stopped watching before that because I stopped caring. Okay. I was just listening, <laughs> so I didn't see him throw the poster away. But that's oh, just geez. so. Oh god, that's... it was like the most passive-aggressive thing I've yeah. ever seen in my entire life. It's fucking <laughs> fighting petty with petty, and yeah. it makes it makes everything about the video seem insincere. So like what I previously thought of as like sniveling and cowardly i now think as a different sort of sniveling and cowardly where they're like oh we're so sorry okay the game didn't live up to your expectations again these are beta males I get why they're in the alley these are these are beta males <laughs> they're gonna fucking you know they're not gonna ever come at you directly they're gonna do some passive aggressive shit like this god they seem like that shitty roommate that leaves you that leaves you like sticky notes all over yeah. the house like you left a dish next to the sink yeah. i would really appreciate it if you would wash it next time oh only no, no not even that like they would leave the note like, oh, I did all the dishes again. But yes, like, you know, exactly. They, they would never be so direct about it. They would, oh, I appreciate it. No, 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 no. These are, these are the ones who would never be that direct. Anyway. God, that's so... Oh, that's so lame, though. Fucking poster in the trash. Bullshit. It's just like... This whole culture is just... It's full of people who... I don't know. This, the way of they interact with other human beings is just so bizarre to me stunted <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, i mean and that's kind of you know it's always been the cliche that you know gamers aren't really social and blah 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 that's that you know there's so many different people who play games now that's not necessarily the case but i feel like the people who are really into this sort of like backlash bullshit and um a lot of these indie devs who are really into the culture and whatnot and really love their fan bases they're all all the kinds of people who have like social issues and you know it's the people who self-identify as gamers and that's their primary means of self-identification right Right. Like when it's like the first thing they put on their dating profile, if somebody asks what your hobby is and you don't say I play video games, you say I am a gamer. Right. That's the kind of thing. Right. Or like you post on Reddit more than twice a month in like the gaming subreddit or God forbid the fucking PC Master Race subreddit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit like that. Like, okay, you're just, whoa. That's all I got on that. Any other right. thoughts? Um, wrap this up? Nope, not really. Okay. Well. Uh, thank you for listening and it'll be a couple of weeks before our next episode because I will be doing real life things doing real life things although somebody will be watching my house you can't rob my house haha ha. I can tell you I'm going out of town because you're not supposed to tell people you're going out of town on the internet publicly your house gets robbed Oh, I just feel like time. people would be very disappointed if they came to my house to rob it. Yeah, they'd just be like this bitch doesn't have fucking anything <laughs> all of her clothes are from the goodwill the nicest piece of technology she owns is like her seven-year-old fucking PC. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just gonna go home. Well, that's just you know standard college student. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, very true. You could rob my house and get an unopened copy of Rare Retro Replay Collection. <laughs> I still haven't opened that. <laughs> cool. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.